0: America. you know, God done shed his grace on thee. He. Welcome back, fellow podcasters. It's Freedom Friday, and time for another episode of Jeff Fry, an American conservative. I want to circle back to this past Sunday, which which had the starting games of the NFL season, because I think we're just witnessing the further decay of our society by what I'm experiencing. Period. Now I know that we're, we're all into this unity and and uh, Black Lives Matter and and social injustice thing, but. I think we're just going way, way too far, and I and I think the Kool-Aid that's being consumed by Hollywood, by uh, sports franchises, is just way out of control. I mean, come on. We get to the beginning of the football game, and now we have to have some of the teams coming on and some of the teams not coming on. We no longer get the color guard to come out and do our patriotic uh, star-spangled banner thing. Instead, we have to have the self-proclaimed black national anthem played, followed up by the national anthem. And while we're experiencing this as fans, we see all players standing up, most of them arm to arm, in unity for the Black National Anthem and then as soon as the American National Anthem starts, the majority of players take a knee. And I know some are going to say, you know, we, we went through this last year, but you know, we really didn't. This introduction of the Black National Anthem, and, and, and by the way, since since when did we actually have a black national anthem? Uh, where's the national part of it? I, I, I don't get it. Where, where, I, I, in any event. There is just no way that this display is not disrespectful to me as an American and is not showing the destruction, not the unity, of our nation. All right, How are we ever going to eliminate racism and division in our country when we're going to allow this kind of fracturing of that magnitude to be allowed to happen? Let's face it, the National Football League as well as the NBA, they're, they're no longer national sports. They are nationally watched shows, but no longer the sports that I grew up with. These are now racist theaters designed, instead of unity, they're designed to fracture our people. Perhaps this is one of the reasons that the viewership dropped about 28% during the first quarter from when when the show started. Now, unlike some, I I have no illusions that the reduced population that may watch our sports with this uh, uh, division being thrown at us. I don't think it's going to end these games. Instead, the the viewership will will the water will seek its level. But I do believe that as the viewership goes down, so will the ability for these shows to have advertisers that charge the amount that they are charging now. So therefore, less revenue will be generated. With less revenue, perhaps that will ultimately trickle down to the players themselves. And then we're not gonna have anybody to blame but themselves for not being able to sign these ridiculous multi-million dollar contracts to play football or basketball the beauty of our society however is that at least now we still have the choice and frankly my choice is not going to be able to to participate with these social engineering shows that used to be called sports I'd rather do something else with my time I'd like to think that maybe even once the game started and once we got that kneeling and all that stuff out of the way, that that might be the end of it. But, you know, it isn't the end of it. I mean, every time we get to a commercial break, at least one of the advertisements, be it through the NFL or, or with one of the advertisers, we have to have further social engineering lessons being told to us. And in these commercials, we have to show what a a blended society is all about. We've we've actually been seeing that for a while now. No longer can we just have uh, white with white people or men with women uh, wives and husbands together. No, no, no. We have to show mixed racial families and uh, homosexual families because... That, that shows everybody that, that we are a blended community. And believe me, I have a full tolerance for blended communities. I have no issues with that. But why does it have to be thrown down our throats all the time? What's wrong with having mom and dad uh, uh, and all being the same race? What, what, what's wrong with that? Can we have those commercials once in a while again? when we get to Black Lives Matter, I think think we're going to ultimately see a big turnabout on that in the very near future. By its name, Black Lives Matter, a a very noble cause. I mean, after all, who truly isn't watching television or listening to the news on a day-to-day basis and hearing of the sheer numbers of children and, and, and communities specifically in the inner city where the violence is and, and murder rates are just atrocious. So who wouldn't be against an organization that is going to be supportive to try to stop all this stuff from happening? But that's really not what Black Lives Matter is about. If you were to just look at the mission statement, which has changed, by the way, over the last couple of months. But in it, you'll still see that Black Lives Matter is not for black lives. Rather, it's for the takedown of our democracy and the institutions of law and order and history that we have in place. And this mission statement is actually being carried out, and we see it—we see that on a day-to-day basis, by the looting, the rioting, the burning, the defunding of the police, or at least the calls for it. This isn't—this isn't because uh, a, a dozen people, perhaps a year, uh, are being uh, treated wrongly by the police department. Nah, no. This is about a fundamental change with the way our society has been going. And in their opinion, it's not going the right way because it's not on a socialist basis. Alright, where everything in theory is, is equal and the and the wealth gets spread and, and, and everybody lives happily ever after. Well, let me tell you what, that doesn't happen either. And it never has in any kind of socialist or Marxist the country that's been around to date. So why do we think it's going to be better the next time around? All these free things that the government provides, how do they get paid for? If you eliminate the ability to create profit, why would a company in the United States stay here? My wife and I had the pleasure of going to Cuba about a year and a half ago, and it was two years now, and we got to see firsthand what happens under a socialist communist environment. And one could warrant that was under a dictatorship. But unfortunately, dictatorships tend to spring up in these communist set-up countries. But what we saw in the period of about 60 years was a country where the government gave everybody everything. They give them food, they give them a house, they give them education, they give them a job. For the most part, everybody makes the same amount of money. But you ought to see it. You have crumbling, and that's, that's a very nice term. Crumbling infrastructure. Oh, yeah, everybody gets a house for free. The government gives it to them, but you only get one house, and that means everybody lives in it. That means your 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 grandparents, your family, everybody. And, yes, everybody makes the same amount of money. In Cuba, by the way, it uh, works out to be about $25 to $30 a month is what they get. Free education, well, sort of, okay, Um, because somewhere in that middle school area of time, the government decides who the academic people are and who the factory workers are, so to speak. The academic people, yes, they go to the free colleges offered there in Cuba. But it's not a free environment factory worker doesn't have that choice or the farmer Mm -mm. government decides what you're best suited for and we went to a couple of different ports while we were there and I'm telling you you would think they would have been showing us the Americans the beautiful places there but I can honestly tell you they never showed us any place which had New, vibrant, modern structures or well-coiffed yards and things. You no, know, all you saw was bunglings of wires on top of old, crumbling buildings. I mean, downtown Havana, uh, outskirts of Havana and Cienfuego. You saw, looks like a, they, they turned off the lights back in 1950, so to speak, and and, and never, never got anything new ever since then. And you ought to see the lines, the lines to go in the grocery store, the lines to go in to the pharmacy where you can get prescription drugs, and the line to get into the building so that they could get internet coverage. And yet the people seemed happy, very friendly. They weren't looking for change or revolution. But on the other hand, they never knew it any differently. And I guess that's the point that we're trying to avoid by us going into a socialist environment. 50 years from now, we could very well have our grandchildren who would grow up in a socialist environment and never know the difference. They wouldn't know what it's like to have a two-car family or to take a family vacation outside the United States if they wanted to or just be able to get on an airplane Fly out to California, maybe, and go to Disneyland. Mm-mm. These people don't do that anymore. You know what they do? They go to the beach. Twenty-five dollars a month. They don't have the they don't have the money to be able to buy extras like extra soap that they don't quite get enough of from the government allotment. They can't fix up the crumbling walls or repaint their house, but they have a free house. There's no mortgage. I think we as Americans better start taking a look at what we really do have. I think we need to start teaching American history back in the school system. The globalist thing, I think we got to back off a little bit. Maybe we do need to start teaching world religions. But we ought to desperately take a look at the things that made our country great 250 years ago. The freedoms, the opportunities... The ability to get ahead based on ambition. We need to go back to basics. We need to do it fast, because maybe this election is a wake-up call for all of us, because we've taken for granted for a really, really long time, probably since the '40s, that what we have is is marvel, sincerely, the shining city on the hill. And I don't think we want to get rid of that. Thank you for listening in this week. And God bless us, U.S. and America. Thank you. I am Jeff Fry, an American conservative. I'll be back next week with more to talk about. In the meantime, keep us, U.S., the United States, in mind. Thank you.